0: Stoveleg Media, Igniting Conversation.
1: Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. I'm Trisden, and my partner,
0: that's Ray. Hey, I'm Ray. We've got to work on that yeah no i know it's not it's not real it's not real fluid are you gonna tell people we're having technical problems again like uh, when rosie visited us listen
1: man people need to know that this is another delay so if our guest is in a bit of a bad mood it's completely our fault he's Fair. he's waited Fair. around for 10 minutes and that's true look so me. Uh, yeah so it is completely ray's fault but luckily uh, ray got our first sponsor so he gets a pass this week only
0: Oh, true, true. Yeah, this is another one of those podcasts brought to you by the magic of Zoom. We're not together, or Riverside, or whatever the hell it is that we use. But uh, I don't understand this stuff. All I know is Trisden, I was having trouble getting an email, and Trisden literally gave me, uh, seriously, how many characters? About 40? About 45, 50 characters, yeah. And I said, there's no way this is going to work, and voila, here we are. It's amazing. The magic
1: of the interwebs.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy.
1: You know who who wouldn't have had that problem is the guys at Bad Wolf Gaming. If they were here, they probably could have knocked it right out because they are smart and we are not.
0: Absolutely right. Daniel would have had me on in no time at all I often used him as that resource so our first sponsored show
1: yeah first full sponsored show without the sponsors on board Bad Wolf Gaming they are now open Uh, they're on Chestnut Street in Berea Uh, Dungeons and Dragons board games they do a lot of very cool stuff I stopped in yesterday I'm trying to talk them into baseball cards I haven't talked them into it yet yes yes but literally everything but sports cards right now check out Bad Wolf Gaming if you happen to be listening locally but Ray I'm pretty excited man this show i think is is fun we've got a tiktok celebrity i mean i you probably shouldn't uh, right. say tiktok i mean just celebrity i guess is probably more befitting <laughs> but we've got the rational boomer on and if you're on tiktok you've probably seen some of his pretty great political videos
0: that is fantastic and i think mike and i uh will invite him on here in just a moment but in doing a little bit of research i think we're uh, pretty close in age so we may have to talk about that definitely and, uh, and all those vast experiences
1: you know yeah i think you guys are within months of each other so you guys are you know had parallel find lives out. in some ways
0: find out who's older
1: that's it yeah older older uh, person wins but no but uh, check out Mike also has a podcast so once once he's on uh, if you like what he's saying you'll definitely want to check out his podcast it's uh, The Rational Boomer you can check it out wherever you find your podcasts I listen to a couple episodes and it's great it's just like his TikTok only longer so if you like what you see on TikTok you're going to love the podcast as well so so check out Mike and, and of course follow him on TikTok and uh, like subscribe and give him five stars for his podcast so absolutely but yeah smart guy funny guy cusses a little bit so maybe this is a de facto warning uh we Damn him yeah we, we cuss a little bit but i i hope he takes it to another level because on his tiktok uh, you do it's hilarious <laughs> and, and uh so yeah i'm all in I, I hope he does not censor himself for the show
0: <laughs> but uh, all right well with that let's invite mike in absolutely hey guys
2: hey mike how's it going good you were talking about the technical difficulties and you have to understand i'm a tiktok diva and i'm tired of this shit show
1: (laughs) (laughs) the truest words ever spoken about extreme common sense how
0: the hell how the hell old are you mike i'm
2: 61 i'll be 62 i was born april 16th 1960
0: you old bastard. I was born September 25th, 1960. Graduated high school in 78. 78 class of 78. Ah, it's class of 78, brother, and I, I and, uh, Minnesota, right?
2: Minnesota. I, I grew up in South Minneapolis. I went to Minneapolis Roosevelt High School. And get no, this. A, get the, get this. Roosevelt High School, named after Teddy Roosevelt. What do you think okay. the What do you think the mascot's name was?
0: Oh, well, that's a good bit of trivia. So what did Teddy, I think Teddy was responsible for Baby Ruth, wasn't that his candy bar? It was his daughter's candy bar? Uh, What did they call Teddy? What did they call Teddy? What was his name? Rough Riders? Rough Riders? Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Riders. Riders Nice, Tristan.
2: Rough Riders would be the common choice, wouldn't it? Right, right. No, we we were the Roosevelt Teddies. We were named after women's ah. lingerie. For Christ's sake, there how tough is a football go. team with a name the Teddies? <laughs>
0: the Roosevelt Teddies. That's great. Honest to God. oh Honest man, to God. that's funny.
2: <laughs> Teddy power. Oh, that yeah, is great. Let's um, get some teddies. Now I
0: will say this, Mike. The seven. I, I'm from North Jersey, and the seventies in North Jersey were pretty fun and pretty free times. I'm assuming that was the same for you. Oh, Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I right, put it this right, way: right.
2: I, I quit drinking in twenty nine when I was twenty nine because I'd had enough. I and got you. I tell my sons, and you know, my sons are millennials, and you know how millennials hate boomers, right? Well sure. Well, I say y- you you don't even know why you should be mad at us, and they say, "What do you mean?" I said, in the 70s, we did whatever the fuck we wanted, and we didn't get caught, and we didn't get in trouble, and if we did get in trouble, it was short term. So now we we grow up and have kids, and we shut everything down. You can't do a damn thing. That's That's what you should be mad at us about.
0: That is very true. Uh, the kids today have no idea what the freedoms were like for us. And Mike, might I add, not this damn thing, which I'm holding up my phone. You can't see it via audio, but attached to you, where you were able to be contacted by your parents at any moment. Yeah, right? uh, exactly. Were, and I, track them. I had a. Yeah. I had a buddy my our age say to me one time, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you ever remember your parents asking you how you got home? And I was like, no, not really. You went out, you got home, and that was that. Nobody called you. Nobody you know, bothered you. It was great.
2: My, my mom just said, I don't care what time you get home. Just call exactly. me to let me know you're not dead.
0: That's exactly it. And
2: yeah, that was crazy. a reasonable concern in those
0: days. That was a reasonable concern in those days. Yes, it was crazy, crazy times. Well, welcome, Boomer. So, what was Thank the you. rationale behind your title, Rational Boomer?
2: <laughs> well, uh, the, the rationale behind the title is that if they see somebody like you or me walking down the street, the average millennial go, "Oh, there's a fucking Trump bumper. Yeah, he's a racist. He's an asshole." Until they talk That's to funny. me, and they, and they go, "Yeah." And, and actually, I, I just decided to do TikTok because I'm a radio guy, and people say, why would you do TikTok? And I said, well, if you were a carpenter and you retired, you would build cabinets for somebody or something. I'm a radio guy, so I'll go on TikTok. And I had to come up with a handle, and I thought, I'm a boomer, but I'm not the boomer that they think I am, so I'll just go with rational boomer and kind of That's stuff. Great kind of stuff that's a
0: great point that's a great point that, that so we get profiled as well don't we hell yes <laughs> that's I, funny
2: i get profiled all the time people look at me and they think, you know i i I, uh, I have a lot of uh followers who are black and i think they follow and me because i'm a i'm a novelty because right. i speak out about racism i speak out about uh people of color mainly because as far as i'm concerned It's just a superficial difference between us. It's like difference in hair color, eye color, whatever. We're all people. Right. And if you're a good if you're a good person, I love you. If you're a bad person, I hate you. It doesn't matter what color you are.
0: Exactly right.
2: And for whatever reason, they appreciate that,
1: and I'm appreciative for them following. Nice. And uh, I'll go ahead and say, if anybody hears a very faint, aggravating phone ringing we will oh, also with just barely so we'll, we will also blame that on ray
0: and okay. blame it on me i'm actually at work we've decided to close because we've got some bad weather coming in maybe not by minnesota standards but certainly by kentucky standards and uh it's that freaking ice take all the snow we can give us but ice is just miserable you know, for everybody
2: what's interesting i was just talking about this on my podcast yesterday um or today actually um you guys out on the East Coast and now on the Southern part out to the East Coast have had, they're right. going to go through two huge snowstorms. Yeah. Not one of those snowstorms hit us. Isn't that we crazy? Got, we got nothing. That's what, crazy. You, you know, you might think there's something weird going on these days.
0: Yeah. It's like there's some kind <laughs> yes. of
2: climate change.
0: <laughs> that couldn't be.
2: That couldn't possibly be.
0: Yeah, first good topic. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I noticed the climate change because I lived in a state that had 30 inches of snow at any given time and 30
1: below weather. And now that doesn't happen here as much anymore. Right. Well, and and I think we've always had some strange weather, but I think what you're noticing now, at least in in my experience as a non-scientist, is the weird weather is more frequent. You just see it a lot more consistently than you would have. You know, you would have one big snowstorm or one weird set of weather. Now it's tornado snowstorms in January, which was never a thing.
2: And it seems like it's more dramatic, too. You know, a normal uh, uh, F3 hurricane is now an F5. Or 10-inch right. snowstorm, which would be typical here, is now 25 inches. So there's something certainly weird going on. And I keep talking to people who say, well, it's not climate change. It's just all cyclical. Well, here's the deal. I was, t- I was talking to Triz the- yesterday, and I said, you can put it on a smaller scale. If I went to McDonald's every day and ate three times a day, and let me tell you, I would if my wife allowed it, (laughs) but if I did, it would change the whole structure of my body and my health. Things affect other things. And to dump all this carbon dioxide and everything we're doing as far as pollution, it's got to have an impact. It just has to. Right.
0: Exactly right. I mean, you know, at some point, people will look back and say, God, for... 150, 200 years, they burned fossil fuels. Didn't they know the damage they were doing to the planet? Yeah, of course they did. Maybe not initially, but after a certain number of years, certainly by the 30s, 40s, 50s, 1930s, 40s, 50s, we knew the damage, but we chose to you know, continue our ways because habits are easy and it's difficult to change those kind of things. But I, I, I've always said there's a point at which humans going forward are going to look back at us burning fossil fuel the way we look at the medieval times when they were cutting and bleeding people. Holy shit, didn't they know yeah, what I they listen. were doing when they were bleeding people? Yeah, they knew, but they did it.
2: I listened to that podcast that you guys did, and, and I agree with you completely. Yeah. A hundred years from now, people are going to go look at us and go,
0: wow. Idiots. <laughs> what a bunch Idiots. of dumb bastards. Yeah, exactly. It's just hard to see that in the context of, you know, the day-to-day history is a history is it's it's hard for people plus plus people are paying so little attention now mike isn't it isn't that another great paradox of all of this information people seem less informed now than they you know ever have been
2: well oh, absolutely i think that's i think it's the media's fault uh having been in the media i understand how it works and i've said this on my podcast and on tiktok that i think that uh one of the people most resp- one of the groups most responsible for Donald Trump even getting elected was the media, not the right side media, the left side media, because he did crazy shit. He was good TV. He was clickbait. They put him on. He wasn't really a serious candidate for president, but they kept putting him on, kept putting him on. People thought he was entertaining and funny and harmless, and uh, they made him legitimate. Then he became the yeah. candidate, and then he won the frickin' presidency, you know, with the help of Vlad Putin, but he did win. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so and the media, and this is one of the reasons I do the Rational Boomer podcast, because people are always so afraid of the things they hear. And what I find on the left side media is they'll tell you enough to get you excited, upset, happy, scared, whatever, which is a common thing we do in radio. As long as we can touch somebody's emotions, we can pull them in. I learned that doing commercials and PSAs and that sort of thing. But what they don't do is they don't tell you the whole story. Like, for example, uh, when Donald Trump uh, appealed the case to not let the stuff come out of the National Archives. Remember, he he went to federal court. He lost decidedly. And then he appealed it to the uh, court and they accepted it. Now everybody's going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's just going to get away with it. He's just going to get away with it. But 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 what they don't tell you on there is there are three judges on that court. Uh, one was appointed by Biden and two by Obama. So he wasn't going to get through this. He wasn't going to win. But they have to go through the process. And everybody's right. in so much of a hurry to get this handcuff guy handcuffed and put in jail. But it just doesn't happen that way. Now, the media doesn't tell you that, so on the Rational Boomer podcast, I give you the whole story, and the one comment I get more than anything is, oh, I feel so much better when I hear your tech talks. There you go. I know more, and that's a failing... Uh, uh, of the media, and I honestly believe that true journalism doesn't even exist in this country anymore, except on right. the Rational Boomer podcast and the Common Sense podcast. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, but it is true, I mean, because there's always that rush. Everything now is breaking news, breaking news, you know, when, and I'll probably say this a lot through the next 40 minutes. When you and I were kids, breaking news was actually a story. The oh, fucking yeah. president had been shot. There was right. You stopped when you saw breaking news. Now everything, when everything's breaking news, nothing's breaking news. And it's all a rush to get that, to get people locked in, like you're saying.
2: Well, CNN has it as a standard tagline for every fucking story. It's Everything. breaking news. I refuse to say breaking news at any time. And I see people yeah. on TikTok do it all the time. Oh, we've got breaking news. No, you don't. You got it off NBC, uh, MSNBC, and you're just telling us. It's not fucking exactly. breaking news.
0: It's not. No, not at all.
1: So, Mike, wh- what do we do with. Uh... I mean, I think Donald Trump released a statement this week talking about how Mike Pence should have uh, done more to basically overthrow the election. He openly stated that. I mean, that that I mean, there's a lot of craziness there. How like going forward, Mike? How do we make sure that doesn't happen? What safeguards can we put in place that we have free and fair elections after we vote? Well, the thing about it
2: is, is that Donald Trump essentially confessed to trying to overthrow the government in that in that Texas rally he confessed and that's not out of character for Donald Trump. Donald Trump will throw that in your face and the reason he does that is because the more he talks about it, the more he thinks he can take the edge off of it. He's maybe not so guilty because yeah, I knew what I was doing. But but the fact of the matter is, you know, I talked to a lot of people and they're upset and they're scared and I made a couple of, uh predictions. I said there's no way Donald Trump will run for president and no way he would win pre- the president if he did 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 run and and people say i don't know 2022 you have to understand what's going on now there has to be a way to figure out where this doesn't happen again and it's unprecedented so it's impossible to know how to stop it i think what the democrats are trying to do as i understand it is a suggestion i made i don't know three months ago we can't pass bills we can't convince these people so for the next 10 months we need to focus on the democrats completely decimating the Republican party and not, and, and, and not an eventual way, but by taking all the information that they're gathering investigations, whether it be in Georgia, New York or Washington, DC, or the January 6th. I think what the January 6th committee is doing, they're slowly leaking stuff out every day. You notice that it's every day. There's something new, something bad, and it's kind of building and kind of culminating. It's going to culminate with these TV hearings, And that's when it's going to explode. And the goal, I think, is to completely decimate the Republicans. You've got maybe 10 people in Congress that may very well be expelled. You've got a former president that will likely be indicted and possibly convicted. Uh, This is all going to occur between now and 2022. So when these people say, well, the Republicans will win in 2022, it's just the way it is. That's the way history goes. Fact of the matter is we've never seen anything like this in history. So to make that comparison just doesn't work. So sure. I think I think the Democrats and whoever else, by exposing all and indicting whoever they can and convicting whoever they can, will be the thing that forces us back to some sort of normality. It won't be the same, but it will be far better
1: than what we have. Yeah, and I just worry about a world moving forward. I think now politicians have learned, certainly the Trumpers, uh, but it seems like in maybe both sides, there's a point where... If you don't like it, instead of making an apology, instead of coming out and saying, yes, you caught me in a hotel with three prostitutes, it's that's fake news. The pictures were doctored. Like, I mean, will there is there no shame anymore? I I can't. How do we get to normal if that's reasonable for half the country? Well, the
2: problem is, is, is as we understand normal, as Ray and I understand normal, we're thinking 60s and 70s, and there's no comparison. If somebody would have found out that Jack Kennedy was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe, that would have been uh, insurmountable. But now, if you find out that uh, uh, Tucker Carlson is having some illicit romance with whoever, who fucking cares? I mean, the problem is, is all this information gets spread so fast. You hear about it so fast, and you get over it so fast because there's another one coming right after it. There is really no, and that wasn't what what it was. You had one scandal, Gary Hart or whatever, and that just destroyed his career because he took a picture with a woman on a boat. Right, And he may have had an affair with her. I wouldn't do anything right now. I mean, these people are committing treason, and it doesn't matter. So I don't know that we'll ever get back to the normal normal that Ray and I maybe have seen. But hopefully we can get some some law in this Wild West where people have a reason not to do something messed up.
0: No, that is absolutely true. But the other part of that equation, Mike, is you talk about... uh coming forth with all of this information and democrats need to blow the cover off of all of it and expose these people but we also live in an age where since we don't work off the same set of facts alternative facts if you will all that seems to do is harden that side like they're going to point to it and say oh see they're just keeping up with this crucifixion of our guy donald so to tristan's point it's really scary going forward and and where and I and I don't say that lightly. I'm not one of these fearmongers. No, existential angst yeah. has existed since the days of fucking Adam and Eve, if you will. So I'm not that guy. But it is we do find ourselves at a really strange place right now because there's not going to be a revelation from the right of oh God yeah Trump really was a, an <laughs> asshole. He really was a bad guy. They're, it's just going to harden their position of how the left is beating them up.
2: Yeah, but you know I think people give too much credit about how many people are really. Uh, on Donald Trump's team. Oh, do you? Well, I hope you're right about that. No, I do. Because because to me,
0: Mike, to me, Mike, that is the great unanswered question, is how big was his appeal? How many people, how many of your relatives that you see at Thanksgiving, who you always knew were maybe a little kooky, actually like this guy? And and I still think, Mike, we have to answer that question, what did Donald Trump tap into? What is it in middle America? I always say to Trisden, you know, there's there's such distrust. The, the, the coastal elites, as middle America calls them, is a very, is, is a very distaste, is, is, is filled with disdain when they talk about coastal elites or hollywood lefties hollywood elites by the same token you know when when people there refer to where we live as flyover country that's also very dismissive so what is it that we're missing that trump tapped into what is that undergirding of frustration of fear of paranoia of anxiety that so many fucking americans seem to be feeling right
2: now? well i can i can give you my take on it uh I think Donald Trump gave voice to a group of people who for decades and decades didn't have a voice. They were hiding under their rocks, whether they be racist, or they be fear mongers or whatever. These people hid underground because it wasn't appropriate in the way our country was. When Donald Trump comes out ranting and raving, suddenly it makes it okay for these people to come out and do the same. So these people have been waiting for just this type of thing. Uh, I think when you look at Donald Trump's base, we're looking at maybe 30, 35 percent max. Uh, As I was talking to Trisden, they'll say, well, why did he get 71 million votes? I'll tell you why he got 71 million votes, because people vote based on their history. Grandpa voted Republican. Dad voted Republican. Great grandpa voted Republican. They would never vote Democrat. So when Joe Biden's running against uh, Donald Trump, they're going to vote Republican, even if even if Donald Trump is reprehensible. And it goes back to what we said before. That's the problem with the media here. What you know depends on what you watch, because the full facts isn't given anywhere. If you watch Fox News, you don't know anything about the truth. You think this is the truth. And so they're uninformed. But as more and more stuff comes out everywhere, people are going to be hard pressed to find out that Donald Trump is indicted for whatever criminal thing, and, and they will hear about it because it will go everywhere, and they're going to be hard-pressed to do it. I think the ultimate base of Donald Trump is 35% max, and that's not enough to win any election.
0: It is. And so that base maybe are the people I'm referencing. They just harden their position. But at large, people will say, which 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 I agree with you on, it doesn't bode well for him in 24. I don't think there's any way uh, that Trump gets elected in 24. I don't think that's a concern. Does he run? Yeah, it looks all indications are he's going to attempt to run.
2: I don't think he'll be able to. I think they will, will either with the 14th Amendment or something like that. I mean, you see what they're doing to Madison Cawthorn down in North Carolina. True. The state is running him through the ringer uh suggesting that he was part of the insurrection. That would mean whatever law they have that he couldn't be on the ballot. And he's freaking the shit out because he's right. he's suing them now. Here's a twenty six year old obnoxious fucking little punk
0: that has goodness. no business
2: being in the <laughs> position at all. And so so he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> excuse my language, but he's gonna be one of the many in the Republican Party that will fuck around and find out. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, he, and there are a bunch. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, it it is an interesting time. It it certainly is an interesting time. I mean, and, good lord.
2: And I got I, I got to tell you, as much as I hate what's going on, I don't know if I'd have a TikTok or a podcast without it <laughs> happening.
0: Well, that's fair. There is a lot of
2: content there for sure. Oh Jesus, every day I do yeah. a, I do a forty-minute podcast every day, just me talking about the things I talked about on TikTok, and I have no problem
1: with content. Right. All right. So, what, what what do you think about TikTok? Like uh I mean, I've just joined, so for me it's uh at this point just watching videos, which of course is how I found you. But what do you think like um tell us a little bit about your TikTok. How many listeners do you have? What do you what do you think of it as somebody that's done it now for a while? Well, well, TikTok um TikTok
2: I thought it was the same thing. I started in November of 2021. And I thought it was pretty much the same thing everybody thought it was. It's just for kids. Uh, but uh, I've never been one to really care about that stuff. I saw that as the way to get the fastest number of, you call them followers, and I tell them and I'll tell you I don't see them as followers. I'm not trying to be their leader. I'm not the rational boomer. I'm a rational boomer. And cool. they are all rational boomers because most of them are in that age group. Um And I just saw it as a way to uh, to get as as many followers as quickly as possible. But I didn't really know anything about it. And the whole point of TikTok was to put me in a position to send people over to listen to my podcast, whatever that might be, because that's where I feel comfortable. I'm a radio guy. So doing a podcast is like second nature to me sitting in front of a camera with this face talking on TikTok. You are either one of two things. You either are handsome or you don't give a shit. And I'll give you a wild guess which one I am.
0: <laughs> I'm going with handsome, Mike. I'm going with handsome. <laughs> That's what I thought. I
2: appreciate, I appreciate that. And I get some weird comments about that. I go, you people are sick.
0: You... I, got th- I, got this,
2: I got this one African-American young guy. I don't know how to take this. He's a fan. <laughs> And he goes, "Good job, you, you said it right, hot daddy." I'm going, "What? what?
0: <laughs> That's funny."
2: Uh, I, I mean, I appreciate it. You asked me how many followers, and I'm amazed by that. I have 115,000 followers. No shit. I, I call them peer. I call them peers, not followers, because cool. I'm not That's their cool. leader. Um, but but it, it amazed me. Uh, when I went on I thought I'm going to get like 10,000 followers if I really push it and then I can start a podcast and get a couple hundred over there. And so that's 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 why I did it. And and, I, and as I was telling Tristan I realized in doing TikTok I wasn't going to go out there and be what they call a thirst trap, trying to attract people <laughs> with my devastating looks. I wasn't going to sing or dance or try to be clever. I do tell jokes. I am. I'm, I try to be humorous in it. But I found something out. Because, see, I watched TikTok for about three months before I ever did it. I wanted to get a sense about what it was. Right. And I found some older people doing the things that I was thinking about doing. And I said, I'm going to make this a test. I'm going to sit in a chair in my living room like you see me right now. I'm not going to do anything fancy. I'm not going to edit it. I'm going to come up with a story in a little, little show, whether it be a minute or three minutes long, and I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to use my words and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. If people care, great. And if they don't, you know, not surprised. So that's what I've always done. I've just sat here like this and done TikToks like this. And uh, for whatever reason, it took off and, and, in a year's time I got to over a hundred thousand.
0: That's fantastic, Mike. So Good for you, man. That's I I'm very su-
2: cool. I'm surprised by it immensely, and my 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 wife and my kids were all giving me shit. Oh, you're doing this TikTok thing you're talking about, Trump. God, we're so fucking tired of that. But <laughs> But now that I have as many followers as I have, they have to take it seriously. And that bothers sure. them too. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a grandniece who's 13 and she's on TikTok, you know? <laughs> sure. And uh, I went to see her one time. I went to see my niece and it's her daughter. And she comes up to me and she goes, you know, you're TikTok famous. And I go. That's funny. No, not really. There's a lot of people with a lot more followers than I have. And she says, how the heck do you get that many followers i got 12 i said honey i don't know i'm just doing what i do
0: so what do you think mike people are thirsty for some information that comes their way without what they perceive as you know as we know is already filtered before it gets. as you said and we pick on fox a lot and the fox viewer is not the most informed viewer at the same time, if you never turned off MSNBC, you wouldn't be either. So,
2: absolutely. Well, I think, I, I think one of the things I considered when I was doing it, I took a guess and, um, I think there's a lot of people out there like you and me, Ray, of our vintage and our thought process and our mindset and ideology. I think there's a lot of us out there, but they're all kind of separated. Most people of our age don't feel comfortable sitting in front of a camera or a mic. So they're kind of a, uh, you know, to steal a stupid cliche, kind of a silent majority. And My thought process was, you know, there's 70 million million, uh, boomers. If all those boomers somehow got together and said, fuck it, we're taking control of this shit, they could probably change some things. But, of course, you've got boomers like the Trump humpers, and then you've got us. So I thought of it as just kind of a rallying point for people of a like mind, you know, to, to, to say Absolutely. the things they want to hear. But I also hear a lot of people saying, I can't say what you say, or I can't say it the way you say So I'm following you because I'm, in essence, speaking for some of these people. It's exactly what they think. And uh, that is probably the one most rewarding things about doing TikTok when I get those kind of comments that you said exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. Or you made me feel better because now I understand it and it's not so
1: tragic. Sure. Nice. And over a million people a week, right? Or some, some insane number actually see your videos. I, th- I think I think the the, the the views is like a million and a half a month. Okay, which is that's
2: wow, that's which amazing. is crazy. Yeah, what's crazy. Yeah. You, you know what's funny, Ray? You'll you you you'll appreciate this. I don't know if I told Triz this, but I worked in radio for twenty seven years doing this traffic thing for a public radio station owned by a government entity. But at oh, did point, you? yes. Yeah. Nice. But so so that, and that's why I ended up with a pension, thank God. But um, but what happened was they brought in a new. Program manager. He was like 34. Doesn't know shit from shit. And most program directors never bothered with me because I was doing something that was generating a lot of money for the station. I was well-liked by the DOT who was paying the money. I was well-liked by the audience. I was in their ear every 10 minutes, uh, morning and afternoon rush hour for 27 years. I was their buddy. But this new manager wanted to save money, and he started pushing some of the old people out you know, as they do. And I thought, well, he's not going to do that to me. I make too much money for the company. But as luck would have it, he started doing that to me. I'll be doing it. And and, and so so I I, I said, you know, fuck this. I've done this too long. I mean, the exact year before, I decided in the middle of a meeting to just retire. No kidding. Yeah, no, no. What happened was, is I, I uh, the year before, the Department of Transportation gave me a lifetime achievement award for all the things we've done with traffic because we nice. started it from nothing and built it up, and and so I said, "You're giving me a lifetime achievement award? You know something I don't know for Christ's sake? I wasn't planning on retiring." And then a year later, I could see that they were running me through a process. They were making complaints about me. Which was weird, because for 27 years, nobody said a word to me. All I got was adulation for it. So now I'm getting this shit. I had three other people that were being pushed out because they were old, uh, because they made too much money. Now I was the oldest guy, and I made the most money. Uh, They called me into three separate meetings, spread exactly six months apart, and by the time I got to the third meeting, I said to the union, I know what they're doing this is the day they're going to fucking fucking kick me out of here. Right. And the the union who was absolutely worthless looked at me and goes, yeah, that's pretty much what they did the last couple of times. I said, okay, good to know. So I went in the meeting and they were going to confront me with other bullshit that I'll blame on them because they're the ones that screwed up. And so I said, listen, before you talk, I'd like to uh, make some comments. (laughs) And, and, uh, they said, sure. So I looked at my manager, and he was, ner- he was afraid of me anyways. Most of the managers were because I had more control than they did. And I looked at him, I said, you have the audacity to try to tell me how to do this traffic. I invented how we do this traffic. I originated it. You come from one station that you've ever worked for that not only didn't do traffic, but the fucking tiny town you were in didn't even have traffic. So you want me to listen to you on how to do something I've been successful with for 27 years. Sorry, you're a stupid piece of shit. I was trying to get a rise out of him, and he was turning red, and to his credit, he didn't say a thing. So then the administrator came over to me and looked at me. She goes, Are you done? I go, Oh, no, not yet. She goes, You got I'm just something
0: else? Got it. <laughs> and I looked at
2: her, and she says, so what, do you, what else do you have left? I said, well, I'd like to retire. And I go, really? When would you like to retire? I said, today, right now, get the papers. And, and And my boss looked at me, and he says, well, you have a shift this afternoon. Fuck, I do. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did you really do that? I absolutely That's did. fantastic. I,
2: I absolutely did that, and I did it for a very calculated reason. I've been there 27 years. I made a lot of money for the company, and they're pushing me out. I got a pension. How do I know they're not going to fuck with my pension? So I figured I'd cut it off right there and get out. Now, the one thing I didn't count on, when I got out and I'm walking to the car, skipping like a little schoolgirl because I'm happy (laughs) as shit, I realized, you know, I didn't mention this to my wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, Mike.
2: So I explained to
0: her. And how long ago was that? When did you, when did you force ago. your own retirement? About five years ago. About five Very years cool. ago, yeah. And yeah. that was public radio?
2: It was public ra- It was a station that was owned by the Minneapolis Public Schools. And interestingly enough, while I was in high school, I got my training there. But it was a full-fledged 5,000-watt wow. FM station, uh, played jazz, and it had traffic, which was a weird combination, but it worked. And we'd done it for 27 years. And I was part of the reason why the station even stayed alive because, you know, the, the, the DOT was paying the station like $300,000 a year just to do these traffic reports. And I didn't, I didn't go into the radio station. I went to the DOT's traffic management center and watched like 600 monitors and basically did play-by-play of traffic. That's
0: really cool.
2: Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, uh, my wife still gives me shit about it. I said, honey, I just did the thing I, I thought was best at the time.
0: How long are you married? 38 years. Oh, see, so early 20s, you were married. 23, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm 33 years married at 28. Yes, sir. What's Seems up? like only yesterday, Mike. And you know what a miserable day yesterday was. My, <laughs> wife does, my wife doesn't listen, Mike, so I'm all right. I hope to God she doesn't listen.
2: <laughs> I know my wife doesn't listen. She never listened to a TikTok. Or... <laughs>
0: well, like Tristan says, his wife tells him, I hear enough of your shit in the house. I am not doing in my free time any more of it.
2: Well, exactly. You know, people say, well, what do you like when you're not on TikTok uh, or on a podcast? I go, pretty much the same shit.
0: It's not, yeah, it's right. not any that is so true. That is so true. That that's that's that says it all right there. Mike, well, man, and, you have had amazing success. Oh, no, please, Tris, I just it's just wild. It's great yeah. that you've had that success. Well,
1: and, and I'm just curious as somebody now that's been in radio for about 17 years um, after you retire, and it may not be not be the same with uh, with your station uh, with jazz. But I get an average of about 40 ticket requests a week for concerts. Like once you retire, like do you just dream about people begging for tickets? Well,
2: you know, I did spend some time as a DJ in smaller stations, But as a traffic guy, I was kind of a special case. I wasn't at the station. I didn't really get much involved in the music part of it. Uh, So I didn't really get those kinds of requests. Uh what I did get requests for is people would call me during the day while I'm driving in my car, not doing traffic, and go, Mike, how's the traffic on 35 W? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm That's in 494 in my car. That's the only That's thing I really funny. and I and and here's the other thing. My wife loves doing this to me. If we're going someplace and I get lost or make a wrong turn jesus you're
1: the traveling guy
0: (laughs) that's funny i had a client that would
1: call me the uh you guys may remember the commercial campaign it's a few years old it was like Ticketmaster or something but there was a tree with tickets the ticket oak so like one of my clients started calling me the ticket oak and i thought man that may be the truest shit in the history of the world since we've been on this podcast i've had one text for winona judd tickets (laughs) (laughs) un-fucking-believable Yeah,
2: most most of the, toward the the end of my career, I didn't do too much disc jockeying. I I did some disc jockeying in some small little towns in the middle of nowhere. Uh, But uh, most of it, I was a production director at another station in Minneapolis, which was weird. Um, And, and, you know, I did the traffic for a long time. Uh, So I I wasn't necessarily the best disc jockey or or host for a music show. I like doing it, but I wasn't really good at it because it's just not me. And
0: now it, Minneapolis, Mike. Any uh, you know you got to, i I'm from Jersey, so it's about Springsteen, Minneapolis, Prince. Any any Prince stories? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I just. Oh really? I just. Oh, I got a lot of Prince. Well, I got a Prince story. I told Tris this, and 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 uh, now in the early '80s and the late to the late '80s, I had a recording studio. Because I was about twenty-one at that time, had been in radio for about four years, so I knew pretty much fucking everything. And, <laughs> of
0: course, I did. And,
2: and, 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 now listen I, up, millennials.
0: You hear, millennials, that's called sarcasm. Did you hear it? <laughs>
2: and I, and, and I my, my father was an asshole, but he he had a lot of money, and I wanted to start a
0: company that now mike i gotta stop you there your kids don't say that about you do they? no 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 (laughs) neither one neither neither the asshole nor the lot of money all right good
2: no my dad was a narcissistic (laughs) sociopathic pathological liar and this is why i have special interest in donald trump because i have experience (laughs) but but uh, no my kids and i are very close but um that's great but uh, because i had a mom that was wonderful but um yeah, I, I started this recording studio with another guy. He was an older guy. He was 30. Right. <laughs> but he was, right. a, he was an established radio guy in town. And we started this recording studio. And the studio was to rec- produce radio commercials and TV commercials sure. yeah. and, and uh, syndicated radio shows. We, had, we created a number of syndicated radio shows. And, Triz, you'll be amazed by this, Ray. You won't be surprised. You create a syndicated radio show back in those days. We had a series on big bands because my guy was a big band aficionado. It was like 20 20 hours. Um, And so what you would do is you would produce these shows and you would sell them for cash, which never happens anymore. You know, three, four hundred bucks, you'd sell them this show, they'd sell it to their sponsors and make money. But to distribute these shows, what you had to do is take your... Uh, what the 12 inch reels or seven inch reels or whatever and run them two to one and make copies of them put them in a box and send them to spokane washington was so it, it was quite a process so i did that but my studio was um in downtown minneapolis kitty corner from first avenue and you know At that time, Prince was just starting to explode. And uh, in fact, they filmed most of Purple Rain right in front of my building, which is now Target Center. Um, But so I'm young, you know, I'm 24. And my partner and I kind of separated. It was just me alone. And people started coming to me because Minneapolis got crazy. They came to me and said, hey, do you do music? Well, I'm not musically inclined at all. I've never recorded any music. So I said, yeah, I fucking do music. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started doing music. And as everything I've ever done is is you just kind of jump in head first, learn it as you go. And I was doing that. And you have to understand, Minneapolis became a mecca for music. It was the ground zero for music in the 80s because of Prince, Andre Simone, the time to... uh, Soul Asylum to uh, Husker Du and Replacements. So people were just pouring into this town, hoping they'd get discovered and get a record deal. Now, I was nobody at the time, and uh, I had people pounding on the door, and everybody that came to the door said, hey, I'm related to Prince, or I'm better than Prince. And I go, yeah, right, right. One day, a kid comes in, and he says he's Prince's cousin. I go, yeah, right. He said, no, I played in Prince's first band, Grand Central. I go, sure you did. And then he pulls out this satchel of cassettes, and they're all cassettes of Grand Central. I'm going, oh, shit. Then he tells me he helped a guy out in California write a book about Prince, and this guy in California said he would help him get a deal, but he needed representation and a demo. So, that's why he's talking to me. So. I think, okay, this is interesting. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm a big, dumb white guy, and now I'm in black music. So that should work. That's and uh, <laughs> And so one day, he's sitting in the studio working on his shit. I listen to his music. I listen to his music. Pretty mediocre. But he's connected to Prince, and anything connected to Prince at the time has a possibility. He had one song that was really, really good. And he's working on it. I'm sitting in my office probably doing nothing because I didn't know what I was doing and I get a phone call and the the guy on the other end of the phone says I need to talk to that kid right fucking now I go he's in the studio I'm not going to get him out of there I mean keep in mind I got people pouring in all day calling me all day about stupid shit so he says look I need to talk to that fucking kid right now and again excuse the language but this is exactly how it went I said fuck you who the hell are you And he says, this is Prince. Now, I wasn't believing anything. I said, oh, it's Prince. I should have got on my knees and crawled to the studio and got him for you, you piece (laughs) of shit. So I get the kid. I get the kid. He's on the phone with the guy. And I see this is a very angry conversation. And the kid is being kind of submissive. So he hangs up the phone very gently. I look at him. Who was that? He goes, it was Prince. Prince. I go, oh, I'm just getting in the music business. I just told Prince to fuck off. <laughs> I got a good career ahead of me. Well, what it turned out is we did get this guy a deal on one song, the one song that I thought was specially good. <laughs> I'm dealing with a guy at this major label, and he uh, ends up going on to be very successful and very well-known. And we don't get the deal done right away, and I call him up and I go, what's going on? And he says, hey, we have a problem. I go, what's the problem? He says, it seems your guy stole a song from Prince. That's the one we're doing. And I'm, I'm furious because, you know, my one chance it's going to get blown away. So I grab this kid. I talk to him. It gets very heated. He takes off. Never see him again. The record executive calls me about a week and a half later and says, so what's the deal? I go. What do you mean? What's the deal? He stole the song. We ain't doing anything anymore. He goes. Look, dude. I don't care if he stole the song. Just let us in on the scam. We'll still release it. Could never yeah, find the. That. Could never find the kid, and it never got done. I ended up getting a deal in another situation, which was more legitimate. But so that's my Prince story. I, I, I talked great. to. him. I saw him all the time. One of the funniest really? things. Yeah. He, well, he was filming in front of the building. I remember seeing him coming up on a on a. Uh, Motorcycle, it, it was being filmed on his motorcycle in purple rain. He pulls up. Now Prince isn't very big, and the motorcycle's no. really not that big. He's like five two and about a buck twenty. Okay, yeah. so he pulls up on the motorcycle and the purple stuff, looking all cool and shit. But when he stops, he can't hold the motorcycle up, and it tips over on him. <laughs> so he gets up, swearing <laughs> like crazy, stomping away in his little 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 troll-like <laughs> heels, and goes <laughs> yeah. to the goes to the trailer.
0: that's great man and that didn't make it into purple rain no that wasn't in that they cut that one out apparently (laughs) that's great that'd be great to see that on an outtake Uh, yeah that would be a great outtake uh, with prince you never see that shit no no he was a tiny tiny little dude no doubt he was enormously talented
1: real quick ray i've got a great prince story and i don't know how true it is but i'll tell it real quick uh there was this little dude who was dating this girl who had a pretty big single in the 80s. He ended up... He was in Florida. He was a, a, like an Uber driver. This has been 10 years ago. Well, this little dude was just in love with this girl, and she ended up with one... I, I'm sure it was a hit. Uh, I, I looked up the song. I wish I'd written her name down. So, I mean, she like one hit wonder circa 1983. And uh, so Prince saw this guy's girlfriend and and wanted to, you know, get with her. So apparently... Prince flew her to France, rented out the Eiffel Tower, took her up for Valentine's Day, uh like this guy's girlfriend. So this guy's girlfriend and Prince are in the Eiffel Tower for Valentine's Day, and she comes home and says, "Oh yeah, I went, but we didn't do anything." And I just <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, so Prince rented the Eiffel Tower for your girlfriend and they 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 probably just had a great conversation."
2: Uh, Well, you know, you know, people always, you know, he was kind of androgynous, and people said, "Is he gay? Is he not?" Now, I didn't know Prince personally, but I knew a lot of people that knew him, and I knew girls that went out with him. He was a raging heterosexual. Yeah, yeah. He he was just smart enough to know how to present himself to be popular, and he was a genius at uh, at uh, at you know marketing for himself.
0: Marketing, yeah. Now, now the one thing. and enormously talented, he oh, surely was.
2: He yeah, was clearly, yeah. he was, he's clearly probably one of the most talented rock stars in history. Nobody, he's one of the few people you could put in a room with instruments and a recording machine, go in there by himself, and come out with a finished hit. Yep. Without bringing yeah, my anybody brother- else in.
0: My, my brother tells the story about getting dragged to a Prince concert in the mid-80s. A buddy of his was like, no, we got to say, ah, nah, 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 One of the best shows he's ever seen. Just incredible talent, incredible showmanship, uh, you know, multi-talented instrumentalist. I mean, just, he was Prince. The, the not, best, not, not, without, not without ego, but he's entitled to it.
2: The best show I ever saw was early on in his career. Now, I have a very close friend who was in, the original member of the time. Yeah. He's the only Mars one. Mars Day. No, well, I met no Morris Day, Morris day but this was Monty Moyer. He was the white okay. keyboard player, and I still see him today. And he's a great guy, and he had a weird, he had an interesting story too. But um, the concert I went to was something that was called. Uh, it's not there anymore, but it was Met Sports Center where the North Stars played, and this show was started out with. I think it was still Vanity Six at the time. And they were good. It was all Prince music, but you know they were moderate. And then the Time came out, and the Time just kicked ass. Time Hell oftentimes yeah. outplayed Prince in some of these shows. That's kind of why they didn't play anymore. But um, right. but the Time was awesome. And then Prince. The only thing I remember about Prince now that he went on to be a Jehovah witness and all that stuff. But in this show, it was an awesome show. It was early on. And all I remember is a bed coming down from the ceiling and Prince getting on top of the bed and humping that bed for about 15
0: minutes. Jesus
2: <laughs> and somehow we're going, that's fucking entertainment.
0: That's great. That's entertainment. Fucking yeah, genius. There you go. That's funny. Genius. genius. <laughs> he
2: was a genius, but you know what? The one, one thing about Prince, um, that I've heard, I know kids that grew up with him, and they said he was always an arrogant little bastard. Yeah. And 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 during the early years when he was an artist, he wasn't the greatest guy in the world. He treated people mm-hmm. badly, and a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't like him. Now in his later years, he tried to redeem himself, but sure. he was very generous. He gave a lot of lot of lots of charities and didn't tell anybody about it. You know, he went through uh, quite a transition, but I think that's common with. Um, Right. Artist of that level. They're a right. different kind of person from a different planet. Yeah.
0: Right. I think that's right. So when did you start the podcast, Mike?
2: <clears throat> the podcast started in June, I think. You know, I, 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 I created I created this, this strategy in my mind. Do the TikToks. Get a certain amount of listeners. And then when I got past that real easy, I just kept going. And it's procrastination. I wanted to do a podcast, but I figured I needed a guest host with me and because I play off people better but the problem is is you got people who won't go on a podcast because they can't talk because of where they work or who they live with yeah, uh, yeah. or or people that that can't commit like I do I'm doing a podcast every day so now I got to get somebody over here sit down do the podcast do what I want to do and that wasn't going to work I couldn't get anybody to commit like I did and then having done podcast way back when now you get the egos involved where they think they should control something. And I said, well, this is my podcast. It's going to go this way because I've been in radio and you've been a fucking nurse. So (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to take what you say just because you think it's a good idea. I want it to be right. So uh, in June, I just said, screw it. I'm going to start a podcast. And, and I didn't know what to do. And uh, so I just expanded on what I do on TikTok. I figured I was having success there. Um, And if people wanted to hear more about it, more expanded, I'd give it a shot again. I didn't know if it worked, and it's still in the early stages, so I don't have millions of listeners. You know, Joe Rogan doesn't have any concerns right now. You, over you'll me. probably huh.
1: we, we'll we, uh, actually, Mike, we'll give you our listener, so uh, we'll okay, tell. And I already promoted your show on on my podcast yesterday
2: or today. Oh, thanks, so, man. And I'll, and I'll yeah, thank uh, you very much. And, and let me let me let me know when it's going to air, so I can tell those folks to tune in. Absolutely. I'll tell you what,
0: though, that's, that's that's interesting with Rogan, isn't it? You have to, uh, you know, sometimes be careful what you wish for. Because he's done a little bit of backtracking now, you know? I, oh, I'm just bringing on people to give information, so on and so forth. But, I mean, obviously he had some agenda.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, he's like everybody else in the media. What's hot? What can I grab listeners with? What can I, I sell right. stuff with? And he just right. jumped on any bandwagon he could get. Uh, to be yeah. perfectly honest with you, in my mind if Joe Rogan would have had uh, any common sense at all he would have uh, just stayed doing what he was doing. Because clearly he was very successful doing it. He right. didn't need Spotify to be successful but they dangle $100 million in front of you and now you're in Spotify. What I think it changed the whole paradigm of the show. It's a different show now. It's more political and it's more working too hard to get listeners or, yep. get, or sell product. And, that, and that's the one thing, one thing I decided when I was doing the podcast and the TikToks. I'm not going to play to anything. I'm not going to give in to anybody. I'm just going to do what I do and see what happens. I mean, because,
0: yeah.
2: you know, I'm making enough money to survive. I don't have to live off my podcast or TikTok. I couldn't because there's not enough money there. So I'm just going to do what I do and see what happens. And I there found I found out that if you just be yourself, talk like you talk, and act like you act, you're far better off than trying to create a a fabric that a may image. be
0: the biggest. You know what? That may be the biggest part of the appeal is someone who actually comes to people with a genuine sense of themselves and isn't trying to blow smoke up your ass and, and and talks a bit about the generational differences. I mean, every generation throws the one that comes next under the bus. These kids are generally pretty good. I'm the father of two millennials myself, Mike, but I also manage about twenty or twenty-five of them, so I have a pretty good feeling for that generation. And I, you know, I I could find plenty of fault. I'll give them credit for a couple of things. They stand up for Themselves more than you and I did. When we were kids, we were happy to have any fucking work. We didn't really concern ourselves with what the hours were, what the pay was. These kids want things and they ask for them. There's a certain beauty in that.
2: Oh, absolutely. I I I, I was arguing with a millennial who was my nephew, and he was saying, "Well, the boomers did this and the boomers did that." And I said, "Here's what you need to understand: um, boomers are your parents, and you're the boomers' kids." If boomers have complaints about millennials, well, you fucking raised them.
0: Exactly right, hundred percent.
2: And then a millennial said, "But you boomers are this." I said, "Well, you know it's funny when we took you out to Target and bought three hundred dollars of plastic Batman shit, you weren't complaining then. You were <laughs> lopping that stuff up like it was fi- freaking candy." And they go, "Well, that's a good point." I said, "Look, man, there's no real difference. It's just different times." Don't that's blame right. people. Just fix what you got.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. It's it's. There's no real difference. It's different times, and we did raise them. I mean, they. You know, whatever. I, the, now, the one problem that I do see regularly is the fucking anxiety that these kids are filled with. Jesus Christ. And I don't know if that's our fault for raising them or their fault because of the age we're in and all of the information that comes their way and the existential angst. But, you know, times have always been tough, kids. Just take a deep breath. You'll be okay. I
2: I do feel like it's our fault to a certain extent because when when I had kids, my goal was to do as much as I could for them and give them a platform to jump off of to be successful when they went into yeah. the real world, and maybe I did too much of them. The whole anxiety thing, I'm confused by. I see it in people in my family and stuff, and I've never really had anxiety. It's because I had a condition uh, that I got very young, and I learned because it made my life easier. Is I don't give a shit about anything. But, you know, my my sons would always get all worried about problems they have. I said, don't worry about problems; just deal with them. And they go, well, it's easy for you to say. I go, look, I'm 61 years old. Your mom and I have had every problem you could possibly have, from money to tragedies to whatever. And guess what? I'm 61. I'm living in a condo by a lake. I have a boat. I do whatever the hell I want. Somehow I survived. You will survive. Just keep pushing through and do what you are supposed to do. Don't let that's it go. It's great advice. Yeah, It
0: really is. Simple but really true advice, and it's been ever thus, right? And, and, and that's the thing. They feel so put upon. So now I complimented them, but again, uh, being the parents of two and the manager of 20 or 25, golly, they take the weight of the world on their shoulders, and sometimes you just got to take that advice. That Mike just put forth. You know, you're you're gonna be okay. You'll make it through this. Now, that's not to say there's not gonna be pain and heartache and tragedy, but that's, that's life, called man. life, kids. Yeah, that's called life, guys. That's what you do. You know, not unique to you. Unique to all of us. Yeah, instant. Incident...
1: About... Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't have anything of I'm import. Oh, well, no, I think uh, we're just a generation now of you want instant gratification. Like, if you're sad yeah. or depressed, like, I want to feel better. So, as opposed to having three weeks where I mentally work through something or figure it out, it's I'm just going to take a pill. I mean, I've worked in jobs where, you know, I've worked with 11 people, nine of them were on Zoloft or Paxil. But that's right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Right. I mean, we don't, you know, they said one of the best things that happened, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, you might know this, in World War Two was that it took a long time to get from the battlefield back home on the ship so the guys could decompress and talk about it and work through a lot of it you know now right. you know since vietnam uh it's you know you're you go from seeing the worst stuff you'll ever see you know and then you're home in a day and a half and you haven't had right. any time to decompress or deal with that and you know i, I definitely think there's uh, something to be said for just people that you, we don't want to feel sadness even for a couple days now it's we want it to be sure fixed
2: well, I'm dealing with something, with something with my my youngest son. He's 27, and it's something I dealt with, but I rationalized it out. Um, he's one of these young men that something goes wrong. He gets mad. He gets impatient. He loses his temper. And I did that when I was young, back in the days when I had more testosterone than intellect. And, and I got angry about it. But at one point I realized, especially when I had kids and, and a family and stuff, every time I ranted and raved and screamed and yelled, things got worse. It didn't work out. So I rationalized. I go, I'm going to force myself not to get crazy. I'm just going to sit back and think it out And do what I got to do. And you know what? It worked better. It took a while to condition myself to do that. But now I'm trying to explain that to my son. You can go crazy, but you're going to make it worse. You want to win in this situation, but sit back, force yourself to stay calm. It eventually yes. becomes second nature,
0: and it that works. That is great advice. And that, really? That's fantastic. Event eventually being the key word, because probably most people who know me would say, "Asshole, you listening to Mike? You've never quite reached that. You still <laughs> scream and, and, and rant and rave." But that is great advice because really nothing comes of it. And, and and if you'll notice in those situations, your voice goes up, the other voice goes up, then yeah. they're both now you're both you're both yelling at each other. I do. Oh, that's great.
2: I man. I, I don't rant and rave or yell or scream. I'm pretty low key all the time. Uh, my words tend to get a little sharp. I'm not yelling, but it's
0: yeah. fucking little, notice, man. A
2: little car, a little cutting, but that upsets my mom. Uh, my my mom. That's Freudian. Your wife. My, my that's wife. Freudian. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it makes my wife angry because she is one more to lose her temper, and the fact that yeah. I won't. What do you think? You're better than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah. win for losing, man. was no, always so. In
2: this instance, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: true, true, true. Well, man, we've we've already killed an hour. I knew we would. And like we say to every guest, you got to come back, Triz. I'm sure we've sort of talked a lot. What do you got?
1: Oh no, I, I think we've been good. I guess. Well, one political question I've got for Mike. Uh, we've we've talked a bit about Trump and, and whether or not he would run. What do you think about Biden? Is you think he's set and good to go for 2024?
2: No, I don't. I don't think Biden. I don't, will, either. I don't think Biden will run in twenty twenty four. I don't even think Nor it's a good I. idea. To be perfectly honest with you, I didn't think Biden was a great choice for candidate. Now as it turns out it was a good choice because he called himself a transitional president. Would suggest he was going to be there on a shorter term, but in order to handle the things that were going on now, we didn't need some new face that was going to come in and try to learn the job. We have a guy who was 36 years in the Senate, had been in the White House, had been a vice president. He knew how to play the game. He may not be the most nimble on his feet. Uh, he's certainly not as. Uh, cognitively deficient as Donald Trump is or all they'd like you to believe. He's an intelligent guy. But 82 is getting up there in age. And I don't think he has any intent. Why would he? He's got plenty of money. He's got the exposure. He's been president. My only question is, is who are they going to run? The natural choice would be Kamala. And Kamala, I like Kamala, but for whatever reason, the perception of her isn't good. So they need somebody young to start fresh. And there are people out there you know, I don't know if he'd run for president. I don't know if he'd be a good president. But when I think of somebody young, fresh face like Eric Swalwell or somebody yeah. like that, somebody who, who maybe take us more to a Kennedy-esque time, a younger person. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you. We've had enough time with old white guys running this country. they fucked it up beyond all possibility. The future isn't yours and mine, Ray. <laughs> I mean, I've no, told, that. I've told this yeah, to my kids. Not. I said, No matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. I'm 61. I maybe lived to 81. I'm going to be fine no matter what happens. The reason I'm angry, the reason I'm doing anything is because of my kids and more importantly, my grandkids. I don't want to leave this place worse than I found it. And I got to do something and speak out to hopefully try to do something in my own
0: small way to make it better. Ironically, Mike, the only thing I can say to that is ditto. May Mr. <laughs> May Mr. Limbaugh rest in peace. Everything you just said is is I, I couldn't concur more. That's, I, I think you explained Biden exactly correctly. I didn't think he was the greatest candidate either, but he was a guy that you knew had been there and of everybody running probably had the best chance to beat that knucklehead, which he did, uh, though the knucklehead doesn't think so. And as far as the future goes, yeah, I mean, so much of I, I, and I guess we, and we are getting long now and, and we can do. Another half hour, but so much of that anger that we talked about and trying to find what it is Trump tapped into is white people seeing their whiteness going away. You know, white folks control and everything is not going to be the future. And there are people who, in that fold, who say, "Damn it, I like the '50s and I want to hang on to them."
2: You know, I don't. You know, the fact that we're losing our possibility of being the majority of the white people, I don't give a shit. No. I, I, I told somebody, I was, I was talking to a follower an African American follower. And she said she said, Are you worried about not being in the majority?
0: That's
2: I, a great question. And I From I said I said, honey, this is this is the thing. I, I don't have a problem with it either way. The only people that should be concerned about no longer being in the majority are the people that treated the minority minority like shit. Because <laughs> now the tide will turn on them. I've always been a friend why- and an
0: ally. That's why I think it would be the greatest and most delicious irony in the existence of us if God turned out to be about a 400-pound black woman. You know, think, think, think. Bernie, Max, Big Mama. You know, Big Mama hit my cross-eyed cousin so hard it straightened his yeah. eye out. All, all those guys. You die, you go to heaven, and there's a 400-pound black woman with a hand the size of a Mike Tyson fist, and she says, "Welcome, welcome." How did you treat us?
2: <laughs> well, well, I said this in a TikTok. Joe, you can thank Joe Biden for being in the White House, and Donald Trump shitting his pants down in Mar-a-Lago to the black women of this country.
0: That's very true, Mike. One hundred percent. You are exactly right. And black women don't get enough credit in this society. Generally, they do not.
2: No, I, I, I love them. I have a number of followers that are black women and black men, and. you know, it's it's one thing, there's people out there that want to be their allies and want to fight for them and do all that stuff. And, and a lot of it is phony. And I don't want to right. be phony about it. I said, look, I can only fight as much as I can fight. But the one thing I will do, I will consider you absolute equals to any one of us. If you're absolute. an asshole, I'm going to say you're an asshole. That's right. If you're a wonderful person, I'm going to hug you and kiss you on the cheek. It had nothing to do with your skin color. It has to do, as Martin Luther King said, the content of your character. And if you've got good character, you're my friend. If you don't, fuck off. Yeah, that's <laughs> he, exactly right. That's it. That's it. You know, one of the best... Well, with that, I think that's a great place I, let me just to end t- t- it. Yeah, no, let, please. Let me just tell sure. you one thing. One of, in doing TikTok, one of the best compliment insults I ever got.
0: So,
2: somebody says, you know, you're kind of like a liberal Rush Limbaugh. Nice. I, I didn't know to take that. I didn't, like, I didn't like Rush Limbaugh. But I kind of get the comparison.
0: Yeah, uh, and he was talented. Um, you know, you got to give Limbaugh credit. He had enormous talent, no doubt I, about it.
2: I listened when he first started, and as a radio guy and none of this political stuff, I was impressed by this guy because he stepped away from traditional broadcasting, did it himself and was immensely successful. As a radio guy, I thought, that guy's impressive. That's exactly
0: the way I looked at it, Mike, yeah, as somebody who worked in radio. And, you know, it's a pretty damn short list of uber-successful radio folks, and Limbaugh's on it. You know, Limbaugh, Paul Harvey, Casey Kasem, Howard Stern, that's about the list.
2: I think Paul Harvey could uh, kick Limbaugh's ass. I worked at About a radio positive, station. Yeah. I worked at a radio station where you had to record the rest of the story and put it on at a certain time on the radio station. Right, right, if right. you missed it, you could get fired. <laughs> it was that oh, important in that radio oh, station. He,
0: absolutely right. Yes, indeed. Yeah, he, yeah, that's right. All right, Triz, So, what do you got for us, Mike? A pleasure, man. Mike, absolutely. We got to do it again. Guys. We always say to every guest, we got to do it again, and and we are sincere in that. That hour flew by. Yeah, that I'm was available a lot of fun.
2: I'm available. I'm retired. I do TikToks and podcasts. So just let me know. I can show up.
0: Nice. man. Thank you so much. Yeah. fantastic. And everybody, no problem.
1: Everybody, make sure to check out Mike on the Rational Boomer podcast, and of course, yeah. the Rational Boomer on TikTok. You're gonna, if you like this, you're gonna love that. He's really great. And with that, we've got a Todd Clinton edition uh, sent in a top ten list uh, for the show. So I'm gonna wrap up with this top ten list. Top ten reasons to check out Bad Wolf Gaming. Okay. All right. Uh, top ten list. Top ten reasons to check out Bad Wolf Gaming here in Berea. Number ten, they stand firmly against murder. Many game shops. Oh, nice. Many game shops That's... are pro murder, not Bad Wolf Gaming.
0: <laughs>
1: Number nine, you can play Magic the Gathering. Number eight, Bad Wolf Gaming, pro freedom. Number seven, they don't care what your politics are as long as you like fun. Hmm. number six top 10 reasons to like bad wolf gaming they like ray not yet sold on
0: trisden <laughs> i don't know about that trisden do you know dan
1: <laughs> uh, number five they have a sword ban. absolutely no swords <laughs> number four for $200 you spend, for every $200 you spend, they'll give you a 10-minute over-the-closed back rub. Bet you didn't know that about Bad Wolf Gaming. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, number three, they welcome both Dungeons and Dragons.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, number two, Bad Wolf Gaming can reverse any spells previously cast on you. And the number one reason to check out Bad Wolf Gaming at 711 Chestnut Street in Berea is that they always listen to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray.
0: And they will now be tuning in the Rational Boomer.
1: That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, there's one other one that you could put on there.
2: Another reason not to, or to, to go to uh, Wolf Gaming Wolf. is Bad that game. they don't give under-the-clothing massages. <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> they,
1: they do not. They do draw the they line under-the-clothes. Under the the clothes. <laughs> That's right. That's
0: great. Oh, Lordy Lord. Oh. All right. On that note. yeah. On that note. All right, guys. It's been a lot of
1: fun. Uh, go ahead, Mike. It sure has.
0: It's I thank answer. you I thank you
2: for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. I've only been on one other podcast before. That podcast was a, a law podcast. The only reason he wanted me on the show is because his mom loved me.
0: That's <laughs> funny. So I'm on well, this it's been our show. pleasure, man. This has really been an enjoyable hour. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank well, you well, for
1: having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely look forward to having you back. And, of course, want to thank StoveLeg Media, our friend Nate, for getting this podcast dropped every week. like to thank Troy for all his help. He's probably listening somewhere in the background right now about to show his face. So thanks again, everybody that helps put this podcast together. Of course, Bad Wolf Gaming, Ray. Uh, guys, have a great week, and we look forward to talking with you again next week. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. We'll be